following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Right, the the symmetry of my head has must have changed because these headphones all of a sudden aren't fitting right. Oh, actually, haircut with those ones they break real easily around like the cuffs, so that one's probably on its way out. Yeah, yeah. We were, you were struggling coming in here. Yeah, that one's been glued back together. I got so ah. frustrated, I tossed it on the counter. I'm like, <laughs> retired, done. Yes. Uh, Troy, is the PGA Tour in trouble? Um. I don't know. Why? <laughs> well, that Mullet guy joined Liv for $100 million. <laughs> Oh, no. He's their, he's their superstar now. <sighs> PGA, now he's, he's ditching it. I, I would argue that David Ferretti is their superstar now. No. I, I'm being That's sarcastic. Not. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that was uh, slash line sarcasm. I thought, okay, so I, have no, I know nothing about golf. I thought this guy, Cam Smith... Was a fluke win the last the the last time he won was I that thought was it was a, at the British Open. Yeah, it was a fluke. Right? In many ways, it was because the course played much different than what it normally would. The weather wound up being completely different for what you expect on the links at, at St Andrews on a normal on a normal British Open weekend. To the point that they were even commenting on Sunday that it was the warmest Sunday they had had at the majors to that point of the year. Think about that for a minute. You know, the Masters is always going to be a bit on the cool side because of when it's played in April, but it's spring. But it was actually warmer there than at the PGA Championship in Tulsa. Wow. A month earlier. You know, and then they... Then the UK kind of goes off and has all those hundred degree Correct. days right mm-hmm. after that. Right after that, they really got beat to heck. I just thought he wasn't as good as that win. Like he really overshot himself and really mm-hmm. did. He played above his head, and now he signed to these. <laughs> the he other signed guys. to the live. Oh yeah. my god! He's like, I really did pretty good for myself. I why not? Live lost in court yesterday. I don't know if you caught that story. Uh, or at least three of the golfers, because they wanted to be part of the PGA's playoff run here down the stretch. The the FedEx Cup playoffs have begun, and they wanted to play in that, saying that there's nothing that should keep them from playing both. You've got 10 of the golfers that have filed an antitrust suit against the PGA, and that's going to be where things get real interesting coming up. Wow. It's in many ways it's the Trump and USFL move against the NFL back in the eighties. Ah here we go, baby. I'm ready to see it play out. The the gentlemanly sport of golf does not allow for an- <laughs> yeah, it, it's gonna get ugly. Welcome to the show. It is the game. Mitch Fortner with uh, Troy Coverdale. What? Turn up my mic. <laughs> yeah, you turn you up just a little bit. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. How are, the, how are these jabrones? 
They're good. Okay. You just loud a little quiet. clear, baby. I actually have them a lot louder than how I usually have them. I might have to turn them down just in case, because you know DG over here likes to raise uh, his voice. Uh, Troy do, Coverdale's here. Hello. Uh, David G. Hello. You know, I've been actually watching, um, been watching back Eastbound and Down on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. Oh. DG looks like Kenny La, Powers. La, La Flama Blanca, baby. I love it. I, are you at Mexico yet? Oh, I'm in. C- I'm almost done. I have two oh, episodes left. Yeah. It's not very long. It's only like no. 27 episodes yeah. of the whole show. Yeah, it didn't last long. No, Aaron is my favorite character of all time the little tiny guy in mexico oh yeah <laughs> i love i'm that a stevie guy. fan oh yeah oh stevie janowski man come on oh yeah you yeah. know that show quite well oh he's it's the first done. time i've ever watched it oh shoot boy i love that show and uh big steve is on the board today travion taking the day off what and you know what today is guys wednesday it is wednesday <laughs> do you know what that means it's a D-Y day. Whoa. Well, it's also, I mean, AEW Dynamite tonight oh, from the Target Center oh, in Minneapolis. Okay. It is Quake at the Lake. John Moxley versus Chris Jericho for the AEW World Championship. There's been a tease put out there that's going to be a big return tonight. Whoa. Either CM Punk or Kenny Omega. By God, Omega. So, uh, I mean, you're talking about the two biggest names in the sport. Man, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Tonight man. could be a night you tell your grandkids about. Uh, so oh tune in tonight, God. 7 o'clock. TBS. Uh, Troy can't even, he can't even like, yeah. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. He fired. <laughs> he can't contain himself. <laughs> he can't even get through the show. <laughs> we are also joined by our good friend Derek Young from K-State Online. D.Y. is with us via the Zoom. D.Y., I'm not going to start you off with a golf or <laughs> wrestling question, <laughs> but a question just popped in my head. Okay. Do you call ground beef... Ground beef or hamburger meat? Whoa. Ground beef. Yeah, who says hamburger meat? See, I no, you my parents I mean, say hamburger it, meat. It doesn't it's, it's very rarely hamburger meat though, right? You use it for a lot of other things. I, I probably back in the day, yeah. before I had any culture in my life, <laughs> uh, called it hamburger meat. My mom called I mean her whole family calls it hamburger meat. But I think I would call it Taco meat before I went hmm. him. Whoa. Meat. Interesting. Sloppy Joe meat. No. If no. somebody rolled out sloppy <laughs> Joe meat, I'd be like, you can get out of here right now. You can get that in a can, for God's sakes. <laughs> uh, Derek, appreciate you joining us. Let's get to um, – I, I do want to just briefly bring up basketball for just a moment. R.J. Jones, he is officially committed. We, we talked about him last week. Is there anything when it comes to regarding – Keontae Johnson in his recruitment. Has anything changed? Change? Probably not. I think we're still in wait and see mode. Kansas State's probably not a, the slam dunk pick, uh, but not out of it. So I think it's uh, a competitive recruitment that really hasn't really shown any hints of where it could go, where it will finish, or when it will finish, quite frankly. Um, it's kind of interesting to be discussing a recruitment of a guy that could be on campus and, or, you know, starting class in like three weeks and still hasn't decided, but that's just what college athletics is anymore with the transfer portal and, and all of that jazz. So it, it'll be interesting. I think you got Kansas state as an option still, uh, Western Kentucky, USC, uh, even heard a little bit about Marquette and Wake Forest recently. 
God, it's weird that K-State is in a battle with Western Kentucky. I just, But NIL is a big factor, plus they've been recruiting very well over the last six yeah, or seven if, years. I forget the you, coach's name. Yeah, Rick Stansberry. If yeah, you look at their last like seven recruiting classes, maybe not like the last one or two, but you know, landing top 100 kids is not new to Western Kentucky, but it does beg to question why they haven't been more successful within you know the conference USA if they're recruiting in that fashion. All right, let's go over to football. Uh, Mizzou earlier today announcing their starting quarterback for this season in sophomore Brady Cook. Cook. Um, yeah. or, this, Tom, or Tom Brady. Or Tom. You saw you, the, I, I, yeah, I think I saw what you're talking about. Fan. Yeah. Yeah. That fan, uh, some fan posted on a Mizzou message board and it went viral um, on Twitter earlier today. Basically said, this is the next Tom Brady. And I forget what links or connections they were drawing to, but they certainly were jumping on the Brady Cook bandwagon pretty quickly. <laughs> well, the, what I didn't read the whole message. I saw the tweet as well, but it was like a message board post. And uh, it was kind of like four or five sentences long. It was a decent post, but it brought up like, oh, he's just got similar arm mechanics as Tom Brady. I'm like, calm down, Mel Kuyper. <laughs> All right. You don't know that for a fact or anything. Come on, comparing arm mechanics. Oh. Let's pump the brakes on that one. So yeah. you're telling me you're not shaking in your boots. You're not nervous about this Brady Cook kid. Well, the next the next coming of Tom Brady has only started one game. Yeah, I believe. Ah. <laughs> one game. He started the bowl game, right? Was it? Or no, maybe two games. I think uh, he started Louisiana Tech. I want to say they won, if I remember correctly. And then didn't he start in the bowl game that they lost to Army? I don't I think. Say? I think he just started one game last year. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but- might have been the bowl game, or I think. Someone, I think I saw Louisiana Tech for some reason. I, I know he played at the end of last season. He played pretty fair, fairly well. But but the reason, I mean, this could be a really good quarterback. I'm not trying to cut him down on his legs at this moment. But this kind of shows you when you add in the fact that they brought in two transfers at the quarterback position as well, that they still are, are trying to iron out a solution at the position and the most important position on the field. I just don't think that they really have any certainty of what direction they want to go in or have any the utmost confidence of what they have either. But I will say, you, you know, you make the determination of who your starter is at this point in fall camp. It's fairly early. Maybe that is a good sign for the Tigers. Let's jump over to K-State football with Derek Young from K-State Online. Follow him on Twitter at Rivals. So we have uh, just completed our first week of press conferences when it comes to preseason fall camp press conferences. We had Coach Kleiman on Monday and then the offensive uh, position coaches earlier today at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. I wanted to bring up a couple of things that did stand out to me from both events. Um, Let's start with the offensive line because we haven't honestly talked much offensive line here in the preseason, but Connor Riley, who talked to us first today, his offensive line, he he thinks it's trending towards eight or nine guys, which is his goal every single year. That's what he wants. But, I mean, if you want to break it down when it comes to position battles, there might be a couple you could call battles on the offensive line. But left tackle seemed to be the one that maybe was up for grabs. But at this point, I mean, from what we've heard, it feels like KT Leviston is probably his position to lose at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're – they opened it up because they, I think, 
all things considered, they would rather slide Cooper Beebe inside the guard, which is his more natural position, even though he was the first team all Big 12 left tackle a year ago. So, I mean, if they don't find what they're looking for, you can always slide Beebe back to left tackle. So it's not really a problem per se, but they're just hoping that they can see enough flash from someone such as KT Leviston or such as Andrew Lion Gang to kind of move forward and put put BB in his more optimal spot. Uh, will that happen? Uh, that remains to be seen, but it definitely did seem like they are very, very pleased with what they are seeing from KT Leviston. Yeah, I might see uh, you know more action for Dalton Dale Forge, the Wamigo kid that transferred from the JUCO ranks, and uh, of course Hayden Gillum and uh, Hadley Panzer. We've brought that up multiple times how they are competing for that center position. They're both going to play, but somebody will get the honor of starting on September third. I have seen Andrew Line Gang out in the wild a couple of times. The latest was a few weeks ago at Qdoba, and okay. that kid. It, that's a big kid. I mean, we're talking 6'6", 300. Big kid, mm-hmm. but he has the face that it's, it tells you the story that his mother just loves him dearly. <laughs> he is a mama's boy, but as a redshirt freshman, that's awesome that he has this opportunity and he's proven himself to be that solid so far. Yeah, I, I think uh, when the story is told on the Kansas State chapter of Andrew Gang, we're probably discussing someone that's going to play in the NFL at some point. Mm. Wow, that's awesome to hear. With Derek Young from KCN Online, uh, let's squeeze in another football question before we take our first break. I just wanted to get your reaction to Coach Kleiman saying that wide receivers is one of the strengths of this team. I, I, I will admit, like I kind of had to do a double take on that one, but we probably have like the casual fan probably has a different uh, definition of depth than what the coaches would, but what was your reaction to that quote? As soon as I heard it, I knew people were going to run with it and probably point to that as the the hyperbolic statement of fall camp, the same way where they ran with, I think, when he said, well, Howard's the best backup quarterback in America last year around the same time. So I would put those two in probably similar category, at least from the when a fan will hear it and how they will interpret it. I think the receiver position has a chance to take a step forward. I think they're really embracing Thad Ward as an assistant coach. Um, whether the production has been there or not, in, in many cases it wasn't, they do have a lot of experience. Kate Warner's played a lot of football. Phil Brooks played a ton of football. Malik Dole's played a ton of football. Uh, now, they got to put it together probably on a more consistent basis, and especially with Malik Knowles. Um, very high upside, but he's about as inconsistent as it gets so far throughout his career. If he puts it all together, then, then you're looking at a pretty solid group. Strength of the team is a little strong for me, but Chris Kleiman sees his guys more than I do, so I'm not going to quibble too much at it. But from my naked eye, I don't think I would have made that statement, even though that I think that they have a chance to be one of the more improved units on the football team. And some of that is also due to I think an ascending player that, and I don't think it's just hype. I think, I think the hype is real, and that's R.J. Garcia. With Derek Young from Kingston Online, we'll take our first break. When we come back, one more thought from the press conferences earlier this week that has to do with the cornerback position. Plus, we didn't have a show yesterday, so I didn't get to do a top ten. But I'm actually going to get D.Y. involved with a top ten list he posted earlier today on Kingston Online. That's up next here on the game. 
Uh, Big Steve, I've missed you on the board. You're already kicking butt. He's over there headbanging. Yeah. We, we, we have Big Steve headbanging just moments ago. Uh, Paul, the IT guy, was in here with a blowtorch and giving us all the bird. <sighs> He's finally snapped, folks. And it's been it's been one of those things that's been coming. He, he really is unhinged at this point. And I, yeah. I feel like we've seen all the signs and he, we've ignored them because we've been like, oh, Paul's just, you know, dumb. Paul's just weird. Paul's just a creep show. <laughs> and here we are now. He's going to freak out on us. You, you, you forgot the main insult. Paul's an Oklahoma fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he is also part-time K-State fan as long yeah. as they're not playing yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. That's really, really great, though. He is an Oklahoma fan. We're back with Derek Young from K-State Online <laughs> at Young Rivals on Twitter. One more thing from the football press conferences this week. Uh, another name that caught my attention from Kleiman on Monday was talking cornerback. I mean, that position, starters, is no doubt about it. I mean, tightly locked up by Echo Island, Echo Boydo, and Julius Brintz. But heard a name of who would be a backup and who's been really looking good. I mean, he hardly played. I mean, I think he just played in the bowl game. Last year, Omar Daniels. Did that name catch your attention when it was brought up? Because I mean, we're talking about a redshirt freshman, and what Kleiman said, it, it, it sounded like like he's not far behind. Yeah, I, I was surprised to hear Kleiman mention him on that particular day. I'm not surprised that he is on the right track because we were we heard that about Omar Daniels last year. Even if it didn't come from a coach's press conference, it was what we were hearing behind the scenes before he got injured. The reason why he didn't play very much or very little, if at all, um, I'm not sure if he got on in the bowl game, was because he was injured all year. He had a cast on his arm for most of the season. So, uh, But I had heard that there was big upside with him and uh, that they've been excited about him for a while. That corner room is just absolutely loaded because they also love Jordan Wright. Um, he's the trans- junior college transfer that they beat out Florida State for and a few other Pac-12 programs. And I think he's going to play a good chunk of football for the Wildcats this year as well. And then you got to think about Jacob Parrish, who's probably one of the more impressive true freshmen that they've seen arrive in Manhattan and be as adept at everything that he is. Um, just a really good true freshman class in general. Colby McAllister was a true freshman that got to mention from climbing as well. And then if you consider some of the commits that they have signed at quarterback right now, their quarterback room is uh, it's set right now. And, you know, you you cross your fingers in the day and age of the transfer portal because it can go from set and your best position to one that's completely thin and you, you have a ton of room left to do before next season gets here. So you do cross your fingers, you knock on wood, but that is a loaded, loaded room right now that Van Malone has. And he's got more coming to help him out as well. With Derek Young here on the game, now a Manhattanite. You could also maybe call him the treasurer of K-State Online. Uh, takes care of those finances. Uh, but uh, you posted a uh, – well, first of all, are you posting articles at like 6 a.m. or just have it set for that time? I, I don't think you'd be up that early, would you? I mean, sometimes I get up that early, but I do have things just like scheduled. Yeah, I can schedule things to publish at a certain time. Well, now says it was a day ago, so I'm not sure exactly when you posted it. But man, I love a good countdown. I love a good top ten list. Heck, I do one every uh, Tuesday. But we didn't have a show yesterday because of the Royals doubleheader. 
Um, yeah, so I I did one for you, huh? You did, and uh, I even had this as an idea, but maybe not this early. Maybe like the week of the first game, or maybe the week before. I would do Big Twelve quarterbacks top ten. Um, and I was looking through your list. I've looked through it all. It, it would be pretty similar to what I would have. Maybe a couple of switches, but nothing that would be too controversial. But I think we would have the same number 10. You want to give us the, the – I'll let you have the honors of who your yeah. number 10 is for quarterbacks in the Big 12 this year. It's Hunter Deckers from Iowa State. And that's just more so because I think he's the least proven out of that entire list. I mean, I guess Quinn Ewers of Texas is another one that's the least proven. But Quinn Ewers is super talented, plays in a super fun offensive system with a bunch of talent surrounding him. Uh, Deckers has played very little football so far, and, and Iowa State lost a lot. So I, I think I don't think it's a question. I think Deckers has to be number 10. Yeah, I mean, a big part of that, I agree with what you said at first there. He's just unproven. We did see some flashes of him. I mean, he wasn't bad when he did play for Brock Purdy. Um, but you're right. Yeah, I mean, Iowa State's going to be missing a whole bunch this year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Jalen Daniels at number nine. You know, I might actually maybe have him like a number eight. I mean, yeah, no, boy. I wouldn't argue with that one. I even said, I think in the description that there's a chance he can definitely um, rise up, rise up the list. Um, but he's also not a huge quarterback friendly system. He turned it on late. I just need yeah. to see a little bit more. I mean, he was in—he was the guy their last two games, and I mean, the game after they played Texas and won that game in overtime, and then next week against TCU, they're back on the road, and God, I mean, TCU was like a twenty-one point favorite going into that game, and it was a three-point loss for KU. I mean, that's there's no doubt all the optimism for KU fans are coming probably from those last two games, and Jalen Daniels being their quarterback, they just need to find something to do for Jason Bean now since he stuck around. Yeah, Jalen Daniels has some juice to him. That's for sure. We'll see if he can do it for more than two games. But that flash was pretty potent. Now you have uh, one, two, and three. I'm probably right there with you. Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma, number one. Two is Quinn Ewers of Texas, and three, Adrian Peters. Adrian Adrian Martinez (laughs) of. uh, of, uh, Well, I just mentioned Oklahoma. Had uh, Oklahoma on the brain, but uh, Adrian Martinez of K State. Now. Maybe the controversy of your list would be Blake Shapin at Baylor, but I'll allow you to defend yourself. Uh, did I have Shapin number four? Four. Yeah, so some people probably want him higher up the list. That's mm-hmm. what it sounded like. I just, you know, he hasn't played that much football. They they won the Big 12 championship last year, but that was largely in part of Jerry Bohannon. He was the starter for a considerable number of games. Now, Shapin played pretty good football when he went in, and and obviously he did something right because Dave Aranda and the Bears picked him over Bohannon, and that's why Bohannon's at USF now. I just, again, that's another one where I'd like, I need to see a little bit more. He took care of the ball, you know, pretty well, which he probably has that on Martinez um, when it comes down to it. But at the end of the day, you look at stats, numbers, overall production, just what what have you done for me for the last four years? It's it, it's hard for me to put shape in over Martinez, even if, you know, he doesn't play mistake-free football. Do we know Shapin's not going to play uh, – is going to play mistake-free football? I think we've seen him start two or three games total. I think he's going to have a better year than Quinn Ewers. I, I just my... – That's possible. I guess I uh, – it's tough. I mean, ranking Dylan Gabriel and Quinn Ewers was tough. 
Um, Dylan Gabriel does have some production to his name already. Plays in a great system mm-hmm. for a great offensive coordinator Jeff Levy, with yeah. a lot of talent around. With a lot of talent around him, it's hard not to put him at number one, even if he didn't play last year. Quinn Ewers tough to rank because, like, I know he hasn't done anything yet, and but they have so much talent at Texas, and that offense is going to be so much fun. Steve Sarkeesian is probably the best play, one of the best play callers in the entire country. If he's not successful or doesn't have a lot of numbers, like something went terribly wrong. Hot it's seat. The, Brett Venables. The entire, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but for Quinn Ewers, like the entire infrastructure and opportunity to succeed is right in front of him. For him not to be in the discussion for top three or four. And I know people don't think he should be in the top three or four, but if he wasn't, something went terribly wrong in Texas. I mean, they just. You know, they have to get tougher on the offensive line, but there's a lot of pieces there. I mean, for me, there's a lot more reason right now to like Texas than to like Oklahoma, in my opinion. Excuse I me, agree. Steve Sarkeesian. Excuse me. What were we going to say? I agree. I, I'm, they're like, they're deeper than Oklahoma is. I mean, then they have the talent and Oklahoma introducing, you know, the, Dylan Gabriel. I mean, we can't forget that he does have a bit of an injury history. So, you know, I agree. I think Texas is going to be better than Oklahoma. I just and Oklahoma, do. Oklahoma had a distraction this week. That, <laughs> it, 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 and, and to be honest, that's the kind of drama that we've associated with Texas. Yeah, with. yeah. They, had, they had like the pull assassin thing last year, right? It was a yes. complete circus and they went five and seven mm-hmm. um, and missed the bowl game. Oklahoma has had none of that kind of drama for the last seven years. That's why they're always big 12 champions. They always have it together. That's why they're not just talented underachievers. Um, they don't have those kinds of sideshows. First year Brent Venables, we get this kind of sideshow. Um, so you, it really makes you wonder where Oklahoma's at. And and Baylor was picked first. They have a lot of turnover this year. Um, if you mm-hmm. like, I, I understand why they're picked first. They're the defending Big Twelve champions, and Dave Aranda is going to probably figure it out to some extent. Don't get me wrong, but if you really go through and just see who everyone has back, man, Baylor and Oklahoma are losing a lot, like an extremely lot. And Oklahoma didn't make the Big 12 championship game last year, and they're not as talented as they were a year ago. So is Brett Venables that good of a coach as a first-time head coach to turn a team that was third place in the Big 12 um, and take one that's less talented and put them right back in the discussion? I think he's got his work cut out for him. Um, Everyone just keeps talking about how much Iowa State has lost, and it's a pretty good chunk. But Oklahoma and Baylor lost a lot more. D.Y., that's all I have for you this week. Anything else you want to get out there before we let you go? Nope. Have a good Wednesday. Hey, you too, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Yeah. Derek Young from Case Online delivering the goods once again. I, I, I mean, I pretty much agree with this top ten list. The, the others were uh, Blake Shapin, four, Baylor, five is Spencer Sanders of Oklahoma State. I Martinez at three. I pretty much agree with everything. JT Daniels, West Virginia, six. Donovan Smith of Tech at seven. Uh, Duggan and Morris, there's a slash there. Uh, whoever could play there for quarterback of TCU at eight. Daniels of Kansas at nine. Hunter Deckers of Iowa State at ten. Yeah, I, I mean, don't really have any issue with that. TCU's quarterback for the last eight years has been Max Duggan or Chandler Morris. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a whoever. The, uh, after Andy Dalton, it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's a guy that plays there. Whatever. I don't know. I feel bad for them. When we come back, don't go anywhere. It's our second 
update from training camp. Chiefs training camp with the voice of the Chiefs. Mitch Holtz is next. Chiefs fans, when you hear Start Me Up, you hear the stones start blasting. Do you get goosebumps? Yeah. I get I get goosebumps, and then I get real fired up, and my wife has to go, hey, easy, easy, pal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Easy does it. And then she goes on about the Cowboys oh, and yeah. winning the Super Bowl. And, <laughs> and then I go, oh, over and over. And then I have to remind her about last season. And then it gets, you know, Sundays at the old G household. It can get weird, man. All right, now we are pleased to be joined by the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, here on the game. Welcome back to the show. Mitch, I was there a warm September day in 1998. I was at the game against Northern Illinois when Martin Gramatica hit a 65-yard field goal right before the half. It was already a blowout. Were you there when safety Justin Reed kicked a 65-yard field goal a couple of days ago? I was. I saw it in the flesh. Now, there was nobody else on the field, and he had it on that little T thing that you hold, that little triangle deal. And yes, it was legit. I was like, what did we just see there? And then he tried one yesterday where there was a real live defense across and, hey, let's do it for real on a snap. And it looked like uh, Charlie Brown and Lucy <laughs> holding for him. It was the worst knuckleball kick that you would see at a backup seventh grade JV game on a Thursday night. <laughs> Nothing at Surrounding County Falcons have a great program, but that would be what you'd see in it. Seventh grade backup game. Like, what just, What was that? So that ended, I think, the Justin Reed experiment for the time being. I like the talking about the wife going, hey, you got to calm down. you got to calm down while she's bashing a sheetrock in the uh, living room. Like, the, you know, the Cowboys are going to be 9-8 and eight again. They're going to be either 9-8 <laughs> and eight or 8 and 9. And then it's this scene on old school after uh, Will Ferrell's been burned and Harrison's you know, bid to try to stay on campus because we just got to keep our cool here. Everybody just keeps their cool. And he's taking chairs and smashing against the locker. That's your wife. I know how it is, dude. I know how it is. Well, Justin Reed, he's a new chief this year, signed that three-year deal after playing with uh, the Texans. So far, so good. Looking pretty good for Justin Reed? Yeah, very much so. Particularly when you see it as a collective effort where he's kind of the co-chairman of that secondary with one Thornhill. And then just all this young energy around him. Justin Reed's only 25. This is his fifth year in the league, and he's 25 years old. Uh, smart, tough, gets it, having fun, flying around. If you can't beat him, join him. He was in that Texan secondary when they blew the 24-point lead, and he's loved being here. Uh, I'll tell you, the other real story here going on, guys, is Elijah Lee. That's Talk about if you can't beat him, join him. That's Elijah Lee, our good K-State Wildcat. St. Joseph. I, didn't, I thought he was always a Blue Springs kid. I didn't realize up until his uh, junior year, he was a St. Joe Central player here in, uh, right here in town. So literally a hometown hero at K-State, Blue Springs and St. Joe is in this camp uh, trying to make it on that same defense with Justin Reed. I saw the 90-man uh, depth chart was just released, and Elijah yeah. Lee is – Right now, he's chalked in there as first-string Sam linebacker, which you mentioned last week, which would be for that base defense. So, you know, he's mm-hmm. going to be first and second down type of guy with Leo Chanel behind him. So he's got a really a legit legit chance to be a, a, a big-time guy for Kansas City. No question. 
And um, the fact that – and the Chiefs are in base about 40% of the time, which is, I think, normal in the NFL, uh, maybe a little bit less because they're in a lot of nickel and dime. But still, it's a lot of to play base linebacker and scrimmage downs. When San Francisco asked him to do that at the end of 2018, he responded. He's got four double-digit tackle games in his career. Um, and for Elijah, he knows, man, this is just like an enormous opportunity for him at the team that was his boyhood team. Like, he's living the dream right now here in St. Joe. When it comes to Elijah Lee, with his time at K-State, has he talked to you about thinking back of those times at K-State and what made him uh, the player he is today? I asked him. I asked him. Um, Bill Snyder had it. Bill Snyder was here actually on the stage at Red Rally. I told you with uh, Tech Nine. That's something I got. Wow, I got Tech Nine doing Red Kingdom and coaches <laughs> like, okay, go do Red Kingdom here and like. Uh, but uh, coach and I had a discussion. I might have mentioned this to you guys last several years. Not only do K Staters make NFL teams, they flourish and last. And Elijah Lee, I asked him. I said, Hey. His time in Manhattan, what did that do to set him up now for his sixth year in the NFL? Your K-State experience, what did it do for you to prepare you for the NFL? Uh, it helped out a lot. You know, Coach Snyder, you know, everybody plays special teams. There's no Nobody's better than the next man. So I just keep that opportunity and I keep that mindset that I'm no better than the man next to me and I got to help my brothers bring them along the way and show them that, you know, special teams, you can make a career out of. I mean, my sixth year, I played a little bit defense, but majority special teams, and I tell them, you can make a living out of this too. Here's why K-Staters last in the league. And Kleiman has continued this because of the way he runs disciplined, consistent programs. What NFL coaches want, they want consistency, they want performance, they want discipline, and they want the attitude of, I'll do whatever it takes. Elijah Lee has played, get this, 1,300 special team snaps in five years in the National Football League. He is a four-core dude, punt, punt, return, kick, kick, return. I mentioned his coverage play against McCall Hardman in Super Bowl 54. Now, if he plays scrimmage downs, that does not mean. Right now, he'll be on all four core special teams. Saturday is big for him, you guys, because he's in there. He's in there right now at the first team, but there is a little bit of, hey, can you prove it? Can you play scrimmage downs and be side-by-side with Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr.? And he'll get that chance Saturday. Even after the ones leave the field, I expect Elijah to be out there with the twos just to see if he can handle it. But he'll also be out there in four core special teams. Anybody else on that 90-man depth chart? Because I kind of have the feeling with the Chiefs this year, you have a good aspect on who's going to be starting, but anything surprise you on the 90-man? Yeah, Isaiah Pacheco, the seventh-round running back out of Rutgers, comes out of nowhere. He showed up in the spring after he was picked and like, ooh, maybe you got something there. 220 pounds, 218, 437. He'll give you some Niall Davis. He gives you a little bit of Damian Williams, something the Chiefs did not have last year. Gives you a little third and two. Hey, maybe we can get a first down and not have to throw the ball. Um, Same with Ronald Jones Jr. But the running back room now is crowded because keep in mind, uh, Gore is still there. And Gore was the darling of last year's preseason. So four running backs and the fullback, Burton will make it. But who are those? There's right now five running backs that you would say could make it. That's a big one. Wide receiver is going to be interesting whether you keep five or six. The other guy coming up the chart, and this will be big, uh, watch this game, listen to it on Saturday, and we'll talk about Jordan Franks, 
Nobody knows about this guy. Played at UCF. He's kind of bounced with some different teams, but he's been really good in this camp at tight end. Could he challenge to either get depth or bump any out with a tight end? Because I think the Chiefs will keep four tight ends. On the defensive side, the battle will be at right corner when the Chiefs are in nickel. Uh, because you've got two guys, two rookies, seventh-round pick out of Wazoo in Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams, who was a fourth-round pick but played Division Two at Fayetteville State. I mean, the Chiefs have such a good rookie class, and these guys weren't like anywhere like, oh, God, these are just all talk, other than Karloftis and Trent McDuffie, a little bit of Brian Cook and a little bit of Sky Moore. There's guys down the list of this draft class that will have impact right away but they're battling to show that they can do it in a real game against a real NFL team. Not a real game, a preseason game against a real NFL team. To the defensive side of the football, uh, Juan Thornhill, um, man, he's dealt with a bunch of injuries. I mean, how long has it been since he's gone through an offseason without doing rehabs or things like that? Mm -hmm. But now, I mean, there's no more Tyron Matthew with Kansas City, so – he is going to be stepping up. He's going to have to step up, most likely in a bigger role there on the defensive side of the football. I'm, I'm wondering what you've seen from him so far in camp. Is he looking like he, he's he's fully ready to go? He's inspired to, to take on that role? Answer, yes, in italics and big font, 54-point font. He's back to 2019, maybe plus. And actually, Tyron being gone, actually, I think has helped one in a way in the fact that he he deferred to Tyron. Tyron's such a strong personality and Juan gets it and knows it. But Justin Reed and I told you he's kind of a co chairman here. But he was, just like Justin Reed, a leader in high school. Juan Thornhill was a big deal in high school. Big time recruit. Could have been a division one basketball recruit. Leader, stud, Virginia leader at UVA, uh has relegated that role. Then he had the injury. Then he tried to maybe come back too soon. He's back. He's just like these other rejuvenated dudes, Chris Jones, Frank Clark. These guys are all different in a really good spot right now. I know it's only the 10th of August, but it's like, guys, stay here. Stay right where you're at. Stay on this planet because what I'm seeing are all good things. And Juan Thornhill is very much part of that discussion. You mentioned Saturday, the first preseason game of three at the uh, Chicago Bears, which is a noon kickoff. Their old um, head coach, who's now back with the Kansas City Chiefs, Matt Nagy, how's it been having him back as the QB coach? Awesome. I'll tell you who's the happiest guy on the planet is Patrick Mahomes because he lost his caddy, one of his two caddies. Remember, uh, in 2017, Mahomes apprenticed for the whole year behind Alex Smith. It was almost like he played a practice round at Augusta on the Masters course but didn't get to play the Masters until the next year. Well, his two caddies during that whole year playing war games where uh, Mike Kafka, who's now the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants, the old Northwestern quarterback, Mahomes loves him. But, ooh, Kafka's gone. What? 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 Here comes Nags, fired by Chicago. Nags is the other caddy. The two happiest guys to see each other when Nags rolled into town, back into town, was Matt Nagy and Patrick Mahomes. Remember, Nags played war games with Patrick as well that whole 2017 season. So that is a marriage uh, put back together that's pretty cool. This game coming from Soldier Field. Where does uh, Soldier Field rank when it comes to media combinations? Pretty nice? Nah, brutal. <laughs> the, some architect, I'm serious, I think an architect got drunk or something. Like, I don't know what they did. It used to be better when it was the old Soldier Field. Now it's like sight lines are bad. Like, let's put a facade right where you, right over half the field. It's, it's 
they made a really even the old one is more modern than this. It was like let's be real tricky and it's like making an ad and it's so creative nobody knows what it's about. That's what they did with Soldier Field. I have no idea what they did. And, and that's then, part of the reason why yeah, they're, that's why the reason look at them moving out in birds. Yeah, well, and then on top of that, they lose the National Historic designation for it as much as they tried to keep it. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Those aren't easy to get. You just don't go to High V and get those. <laughs> Mitch Holtz is the voice. Get started on. Don't get me started on that place. It's, <laughs> it's not a good place to do a game. Super sorry about disappointing you. I want to be positive. I'm a positive guy, but <laughs> not that place. Gotta, let's, get, let's go to Wrigley like Northwestern does, and you only run one way and run into the left mm-hmm. field wall. Call it good. we got a couple of minutes left here with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. So one of the great things about doing a preseason game like this is you look at the other team and you see uh, three former Wildcats, uh, Cody Whitehair, Duke Shelley, and Byron Pringle, a former Chief, that you get to call their names. Yeah, uh, Pringle's hurt right now. He's not mm. going to play. they got issues at wide receiver. Uh, they're super banged up there. Uh, in fact, they got 12 guys on their injured list. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Ryan Poles is our old G- uh, assistant GM. He's now the GM there, too. Seriously, the Bears are like, can we be the Chiefs? Because they keep trying to like steal our guys. Um, of course, we're still some of theirs. We got Dave Tobe and Chris Ballard back when Coach first came here. But uh, yeah, I mean, Duke's done a good job for them, and we know White here is a staple for those guys. But man, the Bears—you're just trying to figure out who they are and what they are. And of course, all about Justin Fields, but they got issues. Just check their news the last two days. There's issues. <laughs> that they've got, and Ryan Poles is finding out what it's like in the hot seat, and their issues have nothing to do with us. Before I let you go, you've been practicing Felix and you DK Uzama? I have not any time to practice. The only time I practice, and I'm on with you guys, so it's Felix does the DK Mazaka. So I'm getting there. I'm getting close. I'll have it by the South Dakota game, or when we draft him. Yes. <laughs> when, we draft him, I will, I will, when we draft him, I'll fire that baby out there. That You'll take me to the so long saloon and give me some of that bean dip <laughs> <laughs> well don't worry mitch maybe i'll have you have a pronunciation test there won't be a spelling test involved i'll promise you that perfect and all sid departments who don't put pronunciation guides all should be just eliminated immediately <coughs> tcu <coughs> oh thank you yeah <laughs> 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 we don't know we're not gonna put in a release thank you for that hey you mispronounced it you think <laughs> You know, I don't, I'm not in this family, dude, so don't get me started. Mitch, appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. See you, boys. Voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. Chiefs at Bears Sunday at noon, NFL Network, and, of course, right here on K-Man with pregame starting at 11. Hour 2 of the game is coming up. Also, your local news is next.